It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Well, welcome to another Daily Thunder. Uh, This week we've been unpacking this idea of the message Americanized. And again, if you haven't listened to that sermon, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. I think it's one that we in this culture, in this generation, desperately need to hear. And you can find that at ellerslie.com by either going to the sermons link or you can go to ellerslie.com forward slash daily if you're watching this week uh, and watch it there. Now, one of the things I wanted to talk about in this particular episode is this idea of the culture that we live in. Obviously, in the message, Eric was unpacking this idea of the, the selfishness and that, that self-centeredness uh, that is often represented in American culture. But you realize that as a Christian, we have a dual citizenship. Now, I know that there are, are people in this world that actually have citizenship in two different countries. But as a believer, it automatically means you have a dual citizenship. So whatever country you currently live in, right, you're probably a citizen of that country. So I live in America, so I am a citizen of the United States. And I love that reality. Praise the Lord that I'm a citizen of the United States. And yet, while that is true, there is a greater reality that I am actually a citizen of the kingdom of God. Now, it's interesting that, that yes, while I'm a, a member or a citizen of the kingdom of God, I still dwell here on earth, specifically in America. You realize that as a citizen of heaven who lives here on planet earth, that I am merely a foreigner, I'm a sojourner, I'm an alien, that I am one of those people who, that yes, uh, I'm here and yes, I'm functioning here, but this isn't really where I'm living. This isn't really my home. This isn't really where I'm, where I'm heading for all, all, all eternity. That's, that's this heavenly realm thing. Uh, this eternity in heaven idea. It's interesting that Peter in 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, verses 9 through 12, talks about this idea that, that, hey, we are just merely sojourners. We're foreigners in this land. So again, no matter where you find yourself, if you're a Christian, you are a foreigner. Well, listen to what Peter says. Again, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 through 12. Peter says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you were, for you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as foreigners and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts, lusts, which wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds as they observe them, glorify God on the day of visitation. Peter says, do not, do not realize that you are a foreigner and a stranger in this land. And therefore, the way you conduct yourselves amongst the Gentiles, the way you conduct yourselves amongst those who are of this world, needs to be done in such a way that actually gives glory to God. So yes, they may not like you. Yes, they may persecute you. Yes, they may hate you and slander you. However, when they see your good deeds 
and they see that you're actually living according to a higher calling, a higher kingdom, well, the only thing that they have, as Peter says here, is to glorify God on the day of visitation. That that will be their only option because they'll have nothing to accuse you of. I love this idea that Peter says that, hey, you are a foreigner or a sojourner. You're, you're an alien, a resident alien. That, yeah, you're living in this foreign country, and yes, you may have a home there, and yes, you probably have a job there, but your real home is actually of heaven. I love what the New King James, how it translates verse 11. The New King James says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. I love that. You're a pilgrim. That you're on this path to, if I could use John Bunyan's language, to the celestial city. That is your true home. And so even though you're here, truly the journey is merely this pilgrim's journey on the road to where you actually belong. In Colossians chapter 1, uh, verse 13, I love Paul's articulation of this idea that there has been this transferring that has taken place in your life if you're a believer. Paul says in Colossians 1.13, for he, oh, get this, for he rescued us from the domain of darkness, from this kingdom of darkness. And he has transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. Oh, what did God do? Well, when he redeemed and he saved and he forgave me, he really took me from this domain of darkness. He took me from this place of corruption. He took me from all this worldliness. He took me from this place of death. And he transferred me into the kingdom of his beloved son, which is a kingdom of light. It's a kingdom of love. And as such, I am a brand new creature. I'm a brand new creation, says Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Do, do you not realize that there's been this radical shift in your life, and though you may live here on planet Earth, though you may live in a particular country, your life isn't supposed to look like the world. Hey, your life isn't supposed to look like the culture around you. You are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. You are a citizen of the kingdom of the beloved Son. Isn't that amazing? Uh, if you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to look at Ephesians uh, chapter 4 with me. I love what Paul is doing in, in Ephesians chapters 4 and 5. Uh, I really didn't pick up on this until I really got into chapter 5, and I started looking back going, oh, this is incredible. Uh, in chapters 4 onward, Paul is talking about this distinction, that the practical living of the Christian life, and a lot of times he's contrasting it with the world. And the language I started using is this idea of the lifestyle of the kingdom. Because really all he's doing is he's painting the lifestyle of a Christian. And he's contrasting that with the things of this world. And I just want to give you a simple outline. We don't have time to walk through this in depth. But I just want to give you a simple outline so you could go out and study this on your own. Uh, so here's just a simple outline that I made on this idea of this contrasting of the kingdoms. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, starting with the beginning of the chapter... Uh, he's talking about, again, he's talking about the character of the kingdom, in chapters 4 through 6. Uh, but in chapter 4, verse 1, he's talking about the connection of the kingdom, which is this whole idea of partnership. Uh, he's talking in these first several verses about the unity, about the relationship that you and I, as, as members of this, of this kingdom, are to have with one another. 
He says stuff like in verse 2 that we are to live with humility and meekness and patience, bearing with one another in love and eager to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. That, that there's, this, there's this partnership or there's this connection in the kingdom. That there's this community element. That you and I are not merely sole citizens of this kingdom. We are part of a greater body. And as citizens, there's a certain way that we're to live with one another. Now, that's going to be true for all eternity, but hey, that should be evident here in your life now. Well, what does that look like? Oh, you live with humility. Uh, You live with meekness. You have patience. You bear with one another in love, which means what? You're not thinking about yourself. (laughs) I mean, look at 1 Corinthians 13. When, When Paul is outlining this is what love looks like, that should be evident in our lives, especially with one another. That, that my love for you is patient, it is kind, that, that it endures all things. So, hey, I, I'm constantly seeking your good, or as, as Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 says, that nothing I do is done out of selfish ambition, but I'm constantly turning and looking after your interests, not just my interests. That I'm just saying, hey, how can I meet your needs? And hey, how can I pour my life out for you? And, and hey, how can I serve you? And, and hey, how, how can I just love on you? And how can I encourage you and build you up and edify you? Hey, that was the mind and the attitude of Christ Jesus when you look at the rest of the Philippians chapter 2 passage. So again, you have this idea that, hey, if you're going to be a part of this kingdom, if you're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, then hey, there's this connection with the other believers. Uh, as, as you get into verse 17, Uh, Down through the end of the chapter, uh, I have what I'm calling the clothing of the kingdom, which is all about position. Uh, Paul uses this language in verse 21, or sorry, verse 22, that you are to put off the former way of life and the old nature, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And you are to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Look at verse 24, that you put on the new nature which was created according to God in righteousness and true holiness. Uh, Paul uses this put off, put on language, uh, which is actually clothing language. So I have this overcoat, and what do I take, do with this overcoat? Oh, I take this overcoat off, I throw it aside. Why? It is, it is this old nature, it's this old lifestyle, it's this old attitude, it's this old whatever. And I am to put on, like a, like a brand new coat, something. Well, what's the new coat I'm putting on? Jesus. So the old way of living, the old way of thinking, the old way of acting, the old motives, the old attitudes, the old thought processes are to come off my life and I'm to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So the clothing of the kingdom of God is all about Jesus for he is my position. My position is in Christ and he is in me. Incredible reality. So hey, if you're going to be in the kingdom, you, you've got to, have a, you've got to be wearing a certain type of clothing. Well, what is the clothing of the kingdom that you are to wear? Oh, Jesus. You're to look just like Jesus. Well, what does he look like? Well, well, the New Testament is just replete with this idea of the life of Christ. But if maybe if I can give you one picture of this, uh, you can see the lifestyle of Jesus in the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5. Again, it's, it's showcasing the difference between the worldly kingdom and the heavenly reality that you and I are to live in. So Galatians chapter 5 then says, hey, verse 19, the works of the flesh, the works of this world, or of selfishness is revealed. Well, what are these acts? What are these fruits of selfishness? What are these fruits of the flesh that really mark the kingdom of this world? 
Well, they're evident, (laughs) Paul says. He says adultery, sexual immorality, impurity, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, rage, selfishness, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. (laughs) In case it missed anything. Well, hey, you look at the world today, what do you see? That, hey, that stuff is so evident. Uh, you turn on a, on a TV show, what do you see? You see this, all that, that whole list being glorified and exemplified and just praised and, woo, this is the good stuff because that's the best the world has to offer. But you are not of this world. Hey, you've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness and death and brought into the kingdom of the beloved son, a kingdom of light, a kingdom of love. So what does that lifestyle look like? Well, again, it looks like Jesus. He is your clothing. So verse 22 of Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit. And again, these are not things that you grit your teeth and try to pull off. These are fruits of the Spirit, which means the very Spirit of Jesus who lives inside of you, right? It's it's the Holy Spirit. Hey, when, when he gets inside of you, he is going to produce his own fruits, which is the life of Jesus. Look at this. He's going to produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Well, what is that stuff? Oh, it's Jesus. Jesus is the fullness of love. He is the fullness of peace. He is the, he is the fullness of love. I mean, he just, he's the whole list. He is love. He is joy. He is peace. He is patience. He is kindness. He is gentleness. He is our self-control. So this is not a, a list of things that I'm trying to grip my teeth and trying to pull off in my life and just, ah. That's not this stuff. This is, hey, if you put Jesus Christ on as your clothing, what is he going to do? Oh, he's going to produce his character within you. He's going to produce his life within you. And as I abide in him, just as a branch abides in the vine, the life of the vine comes into the branch and begins to produce the fruit of the vine. So yes, I am bearing the fruit, but it's not my fruit. It's his fruit. It's not my character. Woo, it's him. It's not my lifestyle. It's his lifestyle. So again, when you come back into Ephesians uh, chapter 4, he's talking about this clothing. And again, what is the clothing of the kingdom of God? Jesus. That, that he is what I put on. And when I put him on, wow, I just, my life just begins to reflect him and his character. And is that uh, his life? As you come into chapter 5 of Ephesians, uh, it, it begins with this idea of uh, be imitators of God as beloved children. And I'm calling this the content of the kingdom, which all goes to this idea of passion. And again, verse 2 says, Walk in love as Christ loved, loved us and gave himself for us. Do you realize that the very content of the kingdom of God is really just saturated with this idea of love? That there's this passion that just runs in the kingdom of God. Well, what is, what is the primary evidence that you are a child of God? Love. You see that in the fruit of the Spirit. You see that in 1 Corinthians 13. There, there's this, hey, he is love, folks. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 and 16. God is love. And so when God comes into an individual, he's going to radically change them into a brand new creature. And the primary evidence that they are a child of God is going to be love. In fact, Jesus says, hey, the world's going to know you by your love for one another. See, there's this, this love thing is not, you know, well, maybe if you get around to it, consider love. This is, hey, this is the very content of the kingdom. And if you don't, if you don't enjoy loving 
the people around you now, if you, if you just cannot stand fellow believers, don't go to heaven. Because the reality, reality is, is that heaven is going to be, woo, what is the content of heaven going to be all about? Love. Oh, I love that. Which, by the way, is not merely an emotion. It's Jesus. Uh, as you come into verse 4 of chapter 5, he starts talking about the conversation or the communication of the kingdom. Ah, which goes to this idea of promotion. And he says in verse 4, Let there be no foolish talking or filthiness or coarse joking, which are not fitting for you. Instead, give thanks. So he's setting up several contrasts. Uh, he's talking about that content love idea, and he contrasts that in verse 3 with this idea of lust. That the, the, that the world is full of lust, it's full of just sexual immorality, it's full of impurity, it's full of just, just stuff. But what is the kingdom of God all about? Love. Incredible contrast. See, lust is all about what I can get. Love is all about what I can give. And then he brings that into our conversation, and he says, do you realize that's also true in how you talk? That when you look at this world, what is it that the world promotes in their language? Well, it's filthiness, foolish talking, and coarse joking. But what does the conversation of heaven look like? What is the kingdom of God what does the conversation look like there? And he says, it is one of thanksgiving. So again, it's all about what we promote. The world promotes the lifestyle of the world, the, the thought process of the world, the lust of the world, the filthiness and the foolish talking of the world. What is the kingdom of God all about? Oh, it's going to promote love, life, Jesus. And it's wrapped up in this idea of thanksgiving. Man, what an incredible reality. Uh, and then you get down into verse uh, 8, and it's talking about the contrast of the kingdom. So again, he's been building this idea, but he, he's almost to this climactic point of this contrast of the kingdom, which is all about partition. You cannot have a foot in both places. You have to choose. And he says in verse 8 of chapter 5, Hey, you were once formerly in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord so walk as children of light. Do you realize that the world has a particular culture, lifestyle, character to it? And the citizens of the world, the citizens who merely live by the thought process of the world, live a certain way. And if I can summarize it in one word, it's all about me. It's all, it's, it's all inward focused. But Paul says, do you not realize what God's done in your life? He has transferred you from this kingdom of darkness, from this kingdom of death, and brought you into the kingdom of his beloved son, a kingdom of light, a kingdom of love. And what is that all about? Him. See, the kingdom of God is not about you and what you can get and, and, and meet my needs. And See, this is all about, oh, how can I meet your needs? And how can I pour my life out for you? And hey, how can I serve you? And, and This is all about him, folks. This is all about Jesus Christ and then allowing him to use our life as a vessel to pour our lives out on behalf of those around us. Can I ask you, are you a Christian? Not, do you go to church? Not, well, did, did you say a quick prayer? Does your lifestyle reflect the kingdom of God? Or does your lifestyle reflect the kingdom of this world? Is your life all about you and the selfishness and me, 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 me? Or is your life all about Jesus Christ? 
Hey, is the clothing of your life Jesus? Is the conversation of your life Jesus? Hey, is the content of your life love? Which is all about Jesus. Hey, are you wrapped up in this connection with the, with the fellow members of the kingdom? See, we have a dual citizenship. And though we may live in this world, we are not of this world. We are of an entirely different kingdom. Which means that the culture and the character of our lives is to be an entirely different level. Can I encourage you to pursue Jesus Christ? Can I encourage you, if you are marked by anything of the world, hey, if, if, if any of this world stuff stains your thought process, your conversation, your heart attitude, your motives, would you repent? God is constantly going through my life saying, Nathan, see that area of your life? Yeah, that still looks like the world. <laughs> see, Nathan, see that motive? Nathan, see that language? Nathan, see that Well, we need to come before the Lord and say, Lord, I repent. I do not want to be marked or known by the things of this world. I want to be marked and known by you. I want, when the world looks at my life, I want the world to see you, not me. I I do not want to be inward focused and and thinking about myself. Lord, I, I want my life to be proclaiming the realities of Jesus Christ. Oh, and I want that for you too. Would you go after him? Would you just, would you pursue him with all that you've got? Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder episodes are released every day, Monday through Friday, from our campus in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekly sermon is delivered live at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings with a delayed live stream available at noon Mountain Time. Go to ellerslie.com forward slash daily to get all the details. Note that our live in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume on weekdays this coming June at the Ellerslie campus in conjunction with our discipleship training season. Thanks for listening.